Wednesday, February 9, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And uh, what a day ahead. We've got the pre-season challenge starting later tonight in Auckland. The Warriors and the West Tigers. So some footy in earnest. The, the official trials starting. And, uh, well, 3 o'clock this afternoon, our time. It's Australia in India, the first test in Nagpur. I don't think we've spoken this much about a pitch for quite some time. And uh, everyone sort of weighing into what it looks like and some fascinating selections it looks like on the horizon when Australia finally names their 11 uh, heading into the toss later this afternoon. So uh, what a day we've got ahead of us. And a bit of history yesterday was watching as LeBron James broke the all-time NBA scoring record. It was a little bit strange, but in a good way, as the match stopped uh, with 10 seconds left in the third quarter to honour the great LeBron, as uh, a presentation was made to him, they went on to lose the game because the Lakers, frankly, are crap. Uh, but uh, LeBron, what a legend he is. Pup, morning to you, mate. Morning, and, uh, boys. Good to see you've had a game day haircut as well. You're looking yeah. sharp, mate. Got a trim. Morning, see boys. You what? You morning look... to our listeners. Yeah, feel a bit lighter. You got 33. Of, got rid of a, uh, a few of those grey hairs. Uh, yeah, big day. Massive day yesterday for LeBron. Um Unbelievable! What a what a career! It's obviously not over yet as well. Plenty of time on his side, but yeah, we can say what we want about the Lakers at the moment. But imagine the team without him. He is oh, an absolute be... genius, and now goes into that conversation that you know we talk about regularly. Is he is he the the greatest of all time uh, in in that sport? Um, you know, I grew up loving and idolising Michael Jordan. Um, so it's hard for me to, to see anyone sit above him, but it's a fair conversation now mm. with, with that record. Uh, pumped about today. Can't wait to see what Australia does with their 11. Um, lots of talk about the wicket, but it's the same all the time over there, to be honest. It, it, I think you know a lot of people that have not been to the subcontinent um, and look from an Australian perspective would say, well, hang on, this is... You know, this is unfair. You can't just doctor a wicket and make it, you know, prepare one half of the wicket or prepare the middle of the wicket, not the ends. But it, it happens all around the world. You know, it, it, India would come and play at the Gabba and the Wacker and they would think that we, as Australians, asked to leave grass on the pitch or make it rock hard or, you know. So I think that question goes both ways. I think the Aussie boys, um, I love that they haven't been complaining about it. Um, let's see if that's the same after the game. But I think that's, that's the right way to start. They, they know what they're in for. You know, Steve Smith spoke before he went away about last time they went there and played a tour game. They left grass on the wicket and didn't pick one spinner in the Indian A team. So, you know, they, all these all these things happen all around the world. It's nothing new. You know the wicket's going to spin. It looks very dry at both ends. Um, you know, it, it's going uh, to – obviously, spin's going to play a big part. And they knew that. But we have the opportunity as well to bat and bowl on the pitch. So we've got to be smart with our selection. What's our best 11? How do we beat India? Who are they got in their team? How do we combat that? Um, yeah, so again, I, th- I think our, our greatest concern at the moment is no Stark, no Hazelwood, no Cameron Green. Forget the wicket, forget the Indian team. I think just missing those three players is huge for us. So we are going to have to be at our absolute best to beat India in this first test. G'day, Loza. How are we, boys? Um, talking of the pitch, I always thought you don't judge a pitch until both teams exactly have right, it. Was. 
Exactly well, right. Why is all this noise happening before the game? Because because there are I know claims it looks of like selective it. Yeah, watering, but selective mowing. Wait till it. Wait till it and unfolds. You know what? Even if there is selective watering and selective, mow, what if we win the toss and bat and make three hundred? Well, is then it win- then we'll be happy about it, won't we? I just get the feeling: is it win the toss, win the test match? Well, no, because I've seen Australia win tosses in India, bat first when the wicket is good. Get bowled out and still lose the test match. I think. So, one series you captain, I think you might have won all the tosses. I think I only there. played three out of the four tests and I won all three and we lost all three test matches. <laughs> well, he won all tosses here in this Australia, summer, didn't yeah. he? Australia, this. Yeah, it's it's, uh, and I can tell you if it, if if India win the toss, if India win the toss, I think you can say the test match is it's not even playing field. Then it, it's definitely advantage India if India win the toss. If Australia win the toss, it's still even playing field. Mm. That's what I'm saying. I've se- I've been a part of teams where we've won the toss, had the best of batting conditions, and still lost test matches over there. So we're going to need a lot of things to go our way. But, but it's not like you're walking into a, a, a not like you're walking into a stadium where you never expected something. Yeah, like this. You, you know you, what you're you, in for. You walk in knowing that it's going to be a dry pitch. There's not going to be any grass on it. And was it the last time that we won? It was a grassy pitch. So of course they're going to. Not smart prepare it as well as For what sure. they did back then. For Look sure. at what we do at the Gabba. Yeah, yeah. smart by uh, India. The, the Gabba, they didn't want that done in two days. In fact, the curator was pretty much horrified the fact that the test ended in two days this I, summer. I, but that's what we say. That's what the curator that's very says. Rare. Yeah, of yeah, course. But we want to fast. Why do we want the first the first test match of every big series? Why do we want it at the Gabba? Look at our record there. Yeah. We want it fast and bouncy. You just can't tell me in all the places around the world, the relationship between the BCCI and the curators is closer than anywhere in the world. That's the perception. Well, uh, yep, I can't, I can't sit here and say I know any different. So, uh, yeah, uh, maybe it is. Oh, 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 well, let's assume this. <laughs> well, let's not assume. Let's go on the facts. 90% of the income into our sport is based on India. Yeah, well, the perception is India can do whatever they want. But which they are, but, and they don't care. But, 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 the but, the, the perception as well is that we do the same thing in our own backyard. Oh, we don't do it to the extent of this. <laughs> I really not, don't not, think so. You're not walking into that venue going, <laughs> It's going to be a green seamer. Oh, yeah, no, of course not. But, so but, what are we, it's always going to spin, yeah, but, but there, the fact yeah, but you that there don't is bare patches yeah, at well, the end of the week, which how the, how which haven't play been watered. Well, what are you going to say then if Australia win the Test match? Can we have the same pitch next <laughs> Test? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to say? Uh, and it goes well, for four you, days. No, no, yeah. I know. Spot on. Let's see if how it, it plays if it, out. If it but, go, but if it goes three days, we can't sit here and complain. Look at what happened at the Gabba this summer. Yeah, but that's an anomaly in Australia. But it happens. Yeah. I I haven't I didn't play any test matches in India that went two days. Even on that horrible wicket in Mumbai where I got six for nine that my dad would have got six wickets, right? That that test still went, I think, three and a half yeah. days, four days. Four days it might have went. So I've never played a test match in India that's gone two days, yet it's happened in Australia. So we just have to be careful. And I agree with Loz. The the reality is with subcontinent pitches, yes, when I look at that pitch, I go, okay, I think I know what I'm in, in for here. But you actually don't know until you bat on it. And both teams have got to bat on it. Sure, but why are there specific patches <laughs> outside the yes. left-hander? Yeah. We've got five left, lefties. We've got five, they've got one. <laughs> and yeah. there is oh, a no, specific I, yeah, I got, unknown. Yeah. 
I'm not dis- I'm not disagreeing with spot. you. I'm not disagreeing with you in regards to yeah, of course there's there's something happening here where they're trying to use everything to their advantage. Yeah. But ideally, ideally if we can bat first, make a half decent total in the first innings, mate, we've still got Nathan Lionel bowl well over there. Well, our best two batters are right-handers. True. Our best, oh, two, pl- our best yeah. two players yeah. spin are right-handed. They're, they're, yeah. they're right-handed. So yeah. like, if we're still any good, they'll get some decent runs. And if they play Hanscom, he's a right-hander. So you've got three then. Yeah, three in the, in the top, top six. six. <laughs> I just think we are carrying on yeah. before oh, but, the game but, is even played. But in say- oh, it's not the players carrying on. No. I've actually listened to what the players have been saying. I watched Pat Cummins's um, press conference yesterday. Now, Paddy's not silly. He's laughing at it, at the questions, but he's not coming out and complaining. What's our media at the moment is making it massive. So I hope the players are not reading it. I hope the players are going, you know what? I actually don't care what's in front of me. I've got a bat on it. Mm. And like I said yesterday or the day before, you only got to win by one run. You don't have to win on day five, the last hour of the test, by 320. Win, I don't care if it's day two, I don't care if it's day five. Win by one run. That's it. Work. Australia needs to be right now going, okay, let's forget how we're going to face spin for 10 seconds. How are we going to bowl India out? These are our conditions. This is the 11 they got. Right, what's our best 11 to bowl this team out? Get that sorted. Now we've got a game plan. Batters, you know what you're in for. It's going to be hard. This is why preparation is so important. This is why I would have loved at least one, most probably two, two games. Even to bat in the nets in India over a period of time. Like, take the stumps and move them off the pitch that they prepare in the nets. And bat on that orange uh, side part of the wicket that is unprepared, uh, uneven, some balls bounce, some balls roll. You're going to play your sweep. Work on sweeping there with inconsistent spin and bounce. That's how you prepare for subcontinent conditions. Not batting at Brisbane Oval or Allen Border Field that they've said, oh, we've made a turner. But again, that's always that's been my take before a ball's been bowled. I hope to God I'm wrong. Hope we walk out in this first test match and the boys go, mate, our, prep, our prep's been amazing. We make 400, they make 200. Game one to Australia. I'll eat my words. Uh, already on the text line, plenty here. Um, come on, Mido, you're sounding like a sook. Yeah, I am. But <laughs> <laughs> you sounded like a sook before a the game was even started. Yeah. I, 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 look, the Indian influence on cricket, which Clarkie is massive. On, that, that is and true. No, that no is one's massive. denying that. that they massive. get away with stuff we never would. No. We never would. Mate, you reckon when the Poms come out here and they play at the Gabba, no. they don't look at the pitch oh. and go... Oh, mate, what about the juice they're putting in this? A bit hotter in Australia than England. That's, yeah. Well, what do you reckon India is? What about the pitch we got the bowled out over there? What about the pitch we got bowled out for 60? What about the pitch we got bowled out for 64 in England? Uh, that was, Trevor Bayliss said, told him, mate, you do a, not cut <laughs> any grass off. It was a raging green seamer. Exactly what England needs. Like, it it happens everywhere, mate. Better. Yeah. I think they were it two happened. for 190 at stumps that no. day. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Uh, it happens everywhere. What else have we got here? It is ironic that the Aussie cricket team rotates its players, stares them down for some forms of cricket to avoid burnout, but when we need all hands on deck, a quarter of them are out injured. Makes you think, hey, says Gav. I think this has just been an unfortunate coincidence as far as... Because those injuries happened in uh, Australia series against yeah. South Africa as well. Um, what else have we got here? Mid-on with you, mate. This week it's a joke. If we do win, we'll be just saying it backfired on India. Uh, morning, guys. How about we take the toss out of cricket tests and allow the visiting team to make I the choice as to whether they battle that. bowl first? I actually Cheers, don't mind Steve. 
the toss is a it's it's a good part of our sport. Mm. But if if you are going to see um, things like this, where you think you know they are making the pitches extreme to to favour the home team. I actually don't mind that theory that the opposition get to to make that choice. But a test yeah. but but even still, I told I just said I, I captained three test matches in India. We won the toss, we batted first and we still lost. Yeah. So it doesn't the toss doesn't guarantee um you're gonna have any more success. You are right. We we are Talking a lot, and a ball hasn't even yeah, been hasn't been like, But remember, the, I, I the players are not. The, I don't, the players are not. The players are not talking like that. I think, and that is the yes, most important part. Yeah. I hope their the attitude. Yeah, I hope their attitude is like exactly like you're saying. Like, you know what? It might look like this, but it mightn't play like that. Yeah. Let's just watch the ball and hit it. It's like when you turn up day one, and there's cracks already on the pitch. Oh, man! Like Whack you're that you're going. Happen. Oh, you only did that because of. Yeah, you know we've got this great bowling attack, good fast bowlers, good fast bowlers, yep. all that type of stuff. Yep. Like, it's just what it is. It's yep. it. When you go to the subcontinent, you know that you're going to get a spinning deck. And you, you just know. Yeah. When you come to Australia, it's a fast bouncy yep, pitch. Exactly right, Loz. Over in England, it's going to be swinging That's around. Why your preparation Clean. is so important, mate? That the every single one of those batsmen needs to have batted in worse conditions than what they're about to face. And that's why I say, get off the batting pitch. that You, you know the nets that they prepare for you? Get off there and bat on the side of it. Get balls where you go forward to block, it bounces over your head. You're not going to get that in this on this pitch in a game. So prepare in worse conditions. So whatever they throw at you, you're ready. Hmm. Uh, Mitch from Robertson's getting on to, I guess, my gripe. Heard that India have two head curators that go with the national team and go to the grounds they play on. And this is uh, what the issue is over there. There is a hang on, hang on. clear link between the hang governing on. body and the curators at each ground. Oh, by the way, the market, India continues to firm this week. They've been $1.90 into $1.60 to win the first test. Off the back of the wicket, is it? Yes. <laughs> yes. And uh, the Aussies, $4. The draw, $5.50. Uh, the market with tab for the test. So what's, on the the back dr- page, what's the draw, sorry? Uh, the draw is five fifty. Jeez, it must be rain predicted. <laughs> you want four days of rain if there's going to be a draw. Yeah, I think we'll be getting a result here. Um, well, remember the pitch in Pakistan 12 months ago? I mean, that was the Peshawar Highway. Yep. Very much. Too flat. Yeah, too flat. Yeah. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, you go to all... Like, I remember playing in, I think it was the UAE, and the wicket, you just didn't know how you're going to get a wicket. It was an absolute belter. So I just think right now, and like, again, I'll say, I don't think that this is coming out of the players' mouths. I haven't heard any of the players complain about the pitch in public. Private, most probably different, but in public, I haven't heard anyone complain about it. But our media won't shut up about it, yet just take a breath and look at what just happened at the Gabba. It doesn't matter. Someone else is texting about that. That was such an anomaly. How many times has that happened at the Gabba? Matt, you have a a look at our last five summers. We've had three-day test matches every summer. Mate, Adelaide Oval, which is normally a belted day-night test match. In Melbourne a couple of years ago. Mate, we can't complain. That that didn't get rated as a standard. Yeah, but it was a dead pitch. Yeah, but that was a dead pitch. But but again, that's We can't complain. we just got to, whatever's in front of you, cop it. And do better than your opposition, no matter where you are all around the world. We turn out amazing pitches every test match. No way do we, mate. We, mate, no way can we complain. As Clarkie has pointed out to me, our curators don't have the pressure on them 
from the national governing true. body yeah, that's like true. the BCCI well, does. Well, get used to it. it. Yeah. Get used to it. Yeah. You know why? Because India are only going to have more control. <laughs> They're not going backwards. Not yeah, going backwards. I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> that's my gripe. That's true. Well, I just don't know why we, we blow up about it yeah. because that's just the way it's going. Yeah. And someone's quite rightly pointed out here on the text messages, what about when Australia and England had all the power? Mm. Yeah, we didn't complain then. We didn't complain then. The thing in Australia, if you go to the, if I go, if I'm captain and I go to the curator and ask him to produce a certain wicket, he will he will say he's got a responsibility by the state because the state owns that game. So if they Queens, need the money, that and and every every curator I've ever spoken to <laughs> has said we're hoping this test match goes for at least four days. Because that means four days of everything. Four days of people turning up. Four days of alcohol sales. Four days of food. Yeah. They want the test match to go four days, yes. ideally, minimum. Five would be great because they make more money. So and that's sa- what the state's after. So you're saying your influence over the curator zero. was zero. Well, yes. that's not in India. We're assuming... Rohit Sharma's there walking I'm... arm in arm with smart. the curator. Smart, Rohit Sharma. <laughs> smart India. Oh, I think, geez. like, that. that's... But, but don't get me wrong. We've, we still... Have the perception would be from outside Australia that we do exactly the same. We want fast, bouncy pitches with grass on it. Tick the Gabba two day test match. Tick. How can we sit here and complain? Whatever we get in India, mate, just be ready for it. All right, back page of the telly. Uh, left in the lurch, uh, a sneaky, shameless piece of pitch doctoring designed to create nightmares for Australia's left-handed batsmen. Writes Robert Crash Craddock. Uh, that's back page of the telly today. Uh, now, also, Young Gun primed after pitch sabotage. We'll talk about this uh, after <laughs> after six wow. o'clock. Who's that's been murdered? Who has been murdered here? What is going on? But apparently, not Todd a ball Murphy, has been bowled. The 22 year old Victorian off spinner reports saying that his family has scrambled to Nagpur. Indications are that for the first time since in Pakistan in 1988, we're going to pick two specialist right-arm offies in Todd Murphy and Nathan Lyon. The last two were Tim May and Peter Taylor. Uh, one a bit of nostalgic thinking of that, that back in Pakistan in 88, Tim May and Peter Taylor, but it looks like we're going to pick the right-arm offie in, mm. to, to turn it into all those right-handers that India have. Um, so Ashton Agar looks like he might miss out. I'm, I'm, un, I'm unsure what their thinking is with that. Seven first-class games. Uh, if you've got, they've got, India's got five right-hand batters in their top six. I think you're right. So you've got Nathan Lyon and you've got Travis Head, who can spin the ball back in. I don't, I, I don't know what their thinking would be, why they would want another right-arm off spinner instead of left-arm orthodox or right-hand leg spin. I don't know why they wouldn't take what in in unless you know what they might be thinking three, they might be thinking yeah. three spinners. Oh, they, I think that's a chance. That's what they might be thinking. Um, Either also, way, what an amazing opportunity for the young kid if he gets if he gets oh. that chance, and that's so cool. I, I love his family on a flight. Even that, like the goosebumps are because are, are, I I remember my first test flying my family to India for Bangalore. Mate, that feeling when you see your mum and dad and, and your sister or whatever it is turn up to the ground, that is unbelievable. So, yeah, as much as, again, I'm trying to work out how they'll, how they'll fit him so into the 11. So, to six, Agar seven. 
can oh. play five bowlers, maybe. Carey, six and five bowlers. Well, mate, we're just talking about how bad the pitch is. You've got to make enough runs. Oh, <laughs> Unless you're bowling them out for 20, you've still got to make oh. enough runs. So, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I, 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 especially if they haven't got an all-rounder. Like, I don't know how they go three. Sp- I, I, I don't know. I don't, don't know what they are thinking, but for, for the youngster, it'd be an awesome opportunity to make his debut. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. There's a big Premier League game kicking off in uh, just less than an hour's time. Uh, a rivalry that uh, certainly 20 years ago still is big, but, gee, this was a big rivalry uh, a couple of decades ago in particular. Manchester United and Leeds. And Manchester United a dollar forty five, Leeds United six dollars fifty, the draw four dollars fifty, kicking off seven a.m. our time this morning. And uh, after Leeds sacked their manager the other day, as they're just out of the relegation zone on goal difference, I see it's another club that Ange Postecoglou's been linked to. Uh, some markets over in the UK have him as second favourite to be appointed Leeds manager. So uh, it'll be interesting to get. Uh, Mossy's take tomorrow and also our next guest we're going to go to the UK shortly and have a chat to Alan Nixon from The Sun uh, just very quickly wanted to get your take Loz on this uh, situation with uh, the players and the NRL over the collective bargaining agreement back page of the telly players threatened to strike and uh, in the Herald tale of the tape NRL furious at secret recording claims so the players associations issued an ultimatum to the NRL and uh, could take action, in, set to include covering the NRL logos on jerseys, delaying kickoffs, and even brushing the media if the league doesn't accept key conditions, including a salary cap for the NRLW. So there's some NRLW uh, conditions they want met today. And if not, that action's set Well, to now occur. it's starting to get serious. Now it's starting to get serious. One thing I know about the players is they're united, but... They certainly won't win the public relations exercise. That, that's not going to be good for them. Um, delaying kickoffs, if the kickoff goes, you know, happens tonight, what, what's a delay the kickoff mean? Does that mean you don't play or does it mean we just put it back half an hour? Like, all you're doing then is pissing off the TV hmm. stations, broadcasters, um, covering up NRL logos on jerseys, declining um, you know, media. Uh, f- from the NRL doing interviews after games. You know, this sounds like it's a staged strike, <laughs> so-called strike, mm. and more action to come if the NRL don't act. They've just got to sort it out. Striking is no good for anyone. And one thing I do know is the players, they will come out of it worse than the NRL. Yeah, the NRL have given them mm. a fair chunk of money, and I know this is not about... Salary cap, it's about their rights and it's about uh, workplace issues and um, you know, looking for support for life after the game and also setting up the women's competition and getting a CBA for them. Um, but it's getting to the stage now where when you're talking about strike action, all you're doing is just making people annoyed. And getting people annoyed, people will start to get... Uh, be disgruntled and as I said before that the fans don't care all the fans want to see is their team run out there and play football they don't want to hear of strike action they they, they see the players they they know they get well rewarded um, and what they want for them is just to run out there in their team colors and perform for them 
the supporters. So I, I don't know where it ends up, but I'm hoping they can all get in a room and sort it out pretty quickly. Time to go to the UK and get some perspective on what's gone on uh, with these charges handed to Manchester City and other news in football over there. And uh, joining us, we get him on from time to time, football journalist with The Sun over there in the UK, Alan Nixon. Alan, a very well, good evening to you. How are you? A very good morning to you guys. Yeah, I'm great. Thanks. Well, let's start. In fact, uh, as I just mentioned before, the situation at Leeds and them sacking their manager the other day... Uh, Ange Postacoglu, who we've been tracking very closely naturally here in Australia and his success there at Celtic and and what his possible next move could be. What are you hearing as far as or seeing as far as his chances of potentially ending up at Elland Road? I think Ange is too good for Leeds United at the moment. I think he's destined to get one of the really top jobs in England whenever he wants to. Uh, if one of the Giants comes along in the next year or so, I think his name's going to be right up there because of what he's done on the doorstep. Leeds just now seem to be looking to more towards um, the manager of Kyle Vallecano, a fellow called Iriola, who was a tremendous player, and very significantly played under Marcelo Bielsa. Uh, and I can see Leeds looking for the next Bielsa because he was such a success for them. I'd rather go for the old guy himself and bring him back go for one of his top students. I think that's a name I'd watch for that job above MDLs. I think Ange will get a job in the Premier League within the year, possibly. Uh, but I think he'll get probably a more stable number to go to than Leeds. Because Leeds right now are in danger of being relegated. And I don't think you'd want to make your first job in England walking into that particular battlefield. He doesn't have to. His reputation's high. And I think there'll be other jobs, maybe in the summer, They'll come along, and I would expect them to figure more prominently in those races. Yeah, well, we're hoping so over here, Alan. We we can't wait to see what Ange can do if he gets an opportunity in the Premier League. But one of the big stories, no doubt, over there in Europe, and it's made its way across here to Australia, is Manchester City and the possible sanctions. Can you just sort of give our listeners um, a bit of an insight into you know how this has come about and what the likely uh, sanctions may be for Man City? Sure. It's been uh, something that uh, the Premier League claimed to have been looking at since 2009. I don't know why they're only coming up with it now. Um, the trouble is, I think, underlines the whole thing. It's jealousy amongst other clubs who look at Man City and say, look, how can we stop these? They're too good. They have a lot of money to spend. And you know what? They spend it wisely. They spend it well. So they're trying to trip them up uh, and maybe stop this happening in the future. I've got to say I detest FFP. I think I don't think you should have a system where you stop people spending money. You know, th- this is good money. This is clean money. It's not backdoor stuff. And I tell you what, if you've ever been to Manchester City before and after, you'll see that uh, the Abu Dhabi people have been unbelievable yeah. for that football club. What they've done for it on and off the pitch. It's a centre of excellence. Um, and yet here we are trying to take a, a strip off them. Alan, Clearly, yeah. this is this, this is this is going to go on for years. That's, mm. that's the sad thing about this. This is going to put a cloud over it. Yeah. Whatever the initial result of the findings is, it will be challenged and it'll be challenged again. The only winners will be the lawyers. And an obscenity today is in the paper talking about the lawyers and the money they're going to make. I'm sorry, right. I didn't fall in love with football to see it settled in a court. Mm. 
Yeah, Alan, how does this affect? Because it's it's all the way back to two thousand and nine. Yeah. How does it affect the current player? Because surely, with something, and as you say, it's going to continue to go on for years. Yeah. Surely, this can't touch the players. I don't think so. No, I don't think it can. Um, it, it does. It, the Premier League, it's not, it's not an independent body. It's twenty clubs, yeah. isn't it? and of those twenty, five or six of the bigger ones are very jealous of Manchester City. Mm. And they've had a little bit of a hissy fit behind the scenes, right? Let's get them. We might have got them in something. Let's make their life difficult. I hate to say it, but that's the way football clubs work these days. You know, political points scored and all the rest of it. So it, it will annoy Manchester City. They're staying quite cool about it, but it's going to be a pest for some time. The players just now, they've got problems of their own. They're not playing particularly well, Peps. Messing around with the team just a little bit. Everybody thinks they're going to come good and catch Arsenal, but suddenly there's doubts on and off the pitch. Mm. But I tell you what, in a funny way, it might galvanise them. They might have made a mistake here. The players might think, all right, us and them. So Alex Ferguson was famous for it. He used to round the wagons uh, and, you know, and say the world was against them. Well, Manchester City might just do the same thing. They might just say, well, I tell you what, you all hate us. Well, we're going to show you what we are all about. And uh, this might even kickstart the season. Do you think Pep Guardiola will hang around, though? Yeah, I, I mean, he's said before, but this, this has come up once or twice in the past. He said, look, they've assured me nothing's been done wrongly. Um, if it was, if he was lied to, then he'd have an excuse to leave. I don't think this is going to come to a head shortly. So that will not be a deciding factor for me in how long Pep stays. Pip's one of these guys, if he gets bored with it, that's your big problem. If he thinks, no, there's not much more I can do here, it's time to go, I'll take a year or two out. He's fortunate enough when he could do that. I don't think all this background noise right now, it'll annoy him, it'll irritate him, but I don't think it'll actually force him to walk away. He's just not that type. And just on Pip Guardiola, Alan, uh, reports recently of a rift between uh, the manager and Erling Haaland uh, as well, I guess, considering, you know, these sanctions or these charges that have come against the club, talk of that, they're five points behind Arsenal. Is it the Gunners' title to lose this year, in your opinion? No, I think Manchester City still win it. I mean, they've got to get their act together because there's no doubt. I mean, there are some strange selections just now. He definitely disciplined Cancelo when he whipped him out of the team and then got rid of him at Bayern Munich. I think that was a lesson to others that, you know, I'm still a manager here. Uh, we might be all very matey and all the rest of it most of the time, but I'm still the boss, so you're going to play the way I want. Haaland's signing, I mean, it's a funny one. He, absolutely brilliant goal scorer, but it has meant that the team has played a little bit differently. Uh, but that's the kind of thing I think actually stimulates Guardiola. I think he likes solving problems. He doesn't want it straightforward. He wants to have a little, you know, he'll throw a fullback into midfield just to see how it works, like he did against Tottenham at the weekend. It didn't work particularly well, but I think he's the type of guy that needs new ideas and stimulation to keep him going. But they've got so many good players. I think eventually they will catch up on Arsenal. But hey, look. Take nothing away from Arsenal. They've been smashing this season. But if you saw the Everton game at the weekend, that when push came to shove and that became a really tough game for them, they didn't find an awful lot. And they're going to have so many of these games in the run. And it's not just going to be about the ability that they undoubtedly have. 
It's about the experience of knowing how to get results when things aren't going too well and how to get it over the line. It's so long since they got it over the line. None of these lads in that team will have experienced this. And I think that will count against them ultimately. Now, Alan, I've been working on this show the last couple of years in Meadow. Our co-host over here is a mad Liverpool supporter. And for the last couple of know. years, all he keeps talking about is Liverpool. <laughs> but this year, at the end of last year, we haven't heard anything. What's going on strangely over there? Silent. Well, I think he's, a, he's strangely silent. He's a very good at coffee and he's not come back for too much. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, it's, it's a shame. I mean, people take great delight in seeing good teams fall off their perch. I don't, because Liverpool were great fun to watch. But the minute for me they lost um, up front when, when uh, Sani left, um, that was a major loss. To have somebody with that amount of pace out of your team, you couldn't play the way you wanted to play because they would spring at you. They would run at you so fast and so skillfully. You know, you would lose a goal. Um, Mo Salah's now got to do it all on his own. That, that magic threesome they had, he's the only one left. And uh, Nunes hasn't quite hit it off. The midfield's getting older, running out of legs. And do you know what? When they were the quickest team about, they were the quickest team about. But you watch the Premier League this season, other teams are quicker and by a distance. If you watch the way Brighton played against Liverpool recently, they were so fast that Liverpool couldn't keep up. Now, if you combine the loss of your own speed and the fact that some of your key men are getting older, Henderson doesn't play so much, Alcantara's never going to win a sprint, good player that he is, then the game is actually overtaking them a little bit and they're going to have to start again, think of a new way of doing it, probably get some younger, quicker players in. The big question is going to be, does the big manager fancy this, another rebuild job? I think that's the one that's going to intrigue us all because he might just look at us and say, I don't know if I can repeat this again and he might just walk away. Well, Alan, great time of the year with, of course, the knockout stages of the Champions League coming up as well. Really appreciate your time this morning. I'll tell you what, our cricketers are looking forward to getting over there later this year and encountering Basball and uh, England changing the world in cricket. And uh, we're looking forward to that as well. So I appreciate your time this morning or this evening for you. Looking forward to the summer myself. <laughs> Great stuff. Thanks, mate. Of course, the All-Stars game is to be played in New Zealand for the first time there in Rotorua on Saturday. And joining us now is, uh, well, it's his first year coaching the Indigenous All-Stars. Ronnie Griffiths joining us. Ronnie, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, good, Mido. Loz, Clarky, how are you? Big, big shoes to fill, Mido. That's for sure. <laughs> Mate, I was going to say, <laughs> fine, I was gonna say <laughs> finally you got the chance to do your own thing with Loz out of your hair. <laughs> I'm walking in the shadow of a giant, mate. <laughs> oh, don't tell lies, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie did all the work. Yeah. Uh, you, know delegator, what, you, right? you gave me the confidence to do that, mate. That's, that's important. Uh, mate, you've got to be a delegator, Ron. How's the week right, been, yeah. mate? How's the week been? I always talk on this program about, you know, it's great that we have the game, but it's also great and very important about what we do throughout the week while we're in this camp? Well, I think uh, that there's probably uh, two-pronged attack here. One, we haven't, we've obviously haven't been able to do much in the community due to COVID, so um, it's back to, to pre-COVID restrictions where, you know, there's a lot of community visits. So it's very, as you know, lots very taxing on the players, so you've got to, uh, you know, make sure you, you maximise your time and your recovery, different things, and your sleep. But the other one is... Um, 
and, and you know you, lay, you allowed us to lay the foundation in particular last year for, for the cultural improvements or the cultural events I suppose that's the, the big thing so the boys have had a, a really strong cultural focus which is uh, you know and they go back they feel better it just fills their cup up spiritually Ronnie, what's the feeling like inside the camp? Well, I think there's we get a lot of people messaging on the program just questioning the timing of this game and are the you know are the players as interested as what we think they are and are the NRL coaches happy to send their players there? Obviously, being before the start of the season, what's that feeling like from the players inside the camp? How much do they love this opportunity? Yeah, I think it's um you know the, the buzz around the, the playing group at the moment it's it's pretty special. Um, well, I think we've got some young guys that get their first opportunity. Then we've yeah. got guys at the back end of their career like Ryan James. Um, and and yeah, I, I've been involved with football teams for a long time, and you know they just come in and they feel like they belong. So the the sense of belonging and excitement, uh, I think by the end of the week it'll be just absolutely palpable. Um, but the other thing with the uh, when you're talking about the coaches, there there is some reluctance and trepidation. This is their first good hit out, and if they don't feel their players are, are ready to go, you know, they're, they're elite athletes. So, yeah, no doubt in the back of their mind, they're a little bit worried about them getting hurt. But, you know, first and foremost is, is the players' well-being and every, at the forefront of everything we do. Ronnie, uh, tell us about Cody Walker's impact. Is it Well, he's got sort of a dual role this week, doesn't he? A bit of a role of assisting coach as well. How's he uh, sort of adapting to that? Uh, yeah, extremely well. And I think, you know, if we looked at, at previous campaigns, and I, I dare say all rep campaigns, because they're, they're pretty short, you know, the first thing you do, um, and, and what he's done in the past, is, is grab your senior players and talk to them about how you want to play and, and, and trends in the game at the moment. So it's a natural fit for someone like Cody, who's who's got an astute rugby league mind, but, um, yeah, he's certainly enjoying that. But when, when we've been going through different things, planning, getting ready for training, we've grabbed him, grabbed Nico, grabbed Latrell, spoke to them. Then when we're talking about training, prepping, you know, we'll throw to Cody and say, what do you reckon here? Why are we doing this? So the players get a bit of an understanding of, of what his role is and what he's doing and, and what we're trying to achieve out of training. Ronnie, last year was Nico Hines' first year a part of the Indigenous All-Stars and he went on and won the Dally M. Walking into camp this year, have you noticed a change in Nico and is he a lot more confident than he was this time last year? Yeah, no doubt. You played a hand in that loss, winning the Dally M. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I told the boys off here. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, he's certainly got an air of confidence about him. And it's, uh, it's definitely not arrogance. You know, Nico holds himself very well. And you can see he's had a, a great year. And, you know, it's probably a little bit of credit to, uh, one, getting a rep opportunity early in the year with his team. But also, too, for what Craig and the Sharks have done throughout the year. You know, they've certainly built him up. And we'll read the benefits of that on Saturday night. Matt, how much of a distraction was the Luttrell and Jack incident? And you must be over the moon that they're still obviously available to play. Yeah, uh, over the moon, no doubt. Two world-class players yeah. just come off the back of a World Cup. But uh, we got to, got the information nice and early in the morning and spoke to the players uh, pretty much straight away. And we said we'd keep them in the loop. Um, it, was a, it was a bit of a distraction. But, um, you know, we got Jack into camp pretty early. So um, we were confident that he was going to play. But... Uh, I think it was more so of a distraction, you know, probably for me being a first-time head coach in that mm. situation. But, yeah, we were able to manage it quite well. We've got good staff around us. And, you know, the NRL did a great job liaising and working with us to, to keep us updated in what they thought was going to happen. So from that perspective, we contained it and worked with it really well. I'll tell you what, look at this back line. 
Oh, Mitchell, no. Cobbo, White, Naden, Sloan, Walker, Hines. I mean, the Fords have one job, don't they, Ronnie? <laughs> just go forward oh, and get... let it sing. <laughs> get it done, get it done. The boys will do the rest of the work, no doubt. It's a pretty special back line, that's for sure. And just on a personal front, you know, winning the NRLW Premiership with the Knights uh, to this. I mean, how do you feel you're evolving as a coach as well, Ronnie? Oh, I think um, when I came back to the Knights, it was to do a pathways role and always had aspirations of, of doing a, a head coaching role there somewhere. And the guy who brought me back, Gus Brennan, um, you know, he just said, come back home and, you know, we'll get you a head coaching role. You need to be a head coach to be able to, to put yourself in the shop front window. Um, and then I, and I, I, this is probably a little bit left field, but when I did um, do the assistant coach with Laurie last year and the year before, um, no doubt the first thing he said to me in camp was make sure you own it, it's yours. Because um, for, for me, I'm sort of I'm shy by nature, and, and Laurie built me up and gave me the confidence to do that. And I've got no doubt that he'd spoken to Madge, and Madge had probably said to him from my time at the Tigers, "That's what I needed." So, um, yeah, for me, it's about you know believing in who I am. I've done the work, and making sure that I, uh, you know, yeah, believe in who I am because I've got the support around me. Don't give him too much credit, for goodness' sake. Seriously, I'll tell you about Ronnie. Ronnie's a hardworking man. Um, He's very passionate about being a head coach and he is on a path to being an NRL coach. Uh, He's all about self-development. He's all about helping people. He's very knowledgeable and I can't wait for when he gets that opportunity Mm -hmm. to coach an NRL side because he'll do a bloody terrific job. Yeah, unreal. Well, Ronnie, appreciate your time this morning, mate. Enjoy the experience and uh, hopefully it's a good result for your team on Saturday. Yeah, no doubt, mate. We'll have success um, either way. It'll be a it'll be a success. But uh, Laws Clark and I listen to you most mornings, so it's um it's, it's like the three amigos. Have you got a tip for me then, Ronnie? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone bags my tips. <laughs> no, I'll stay away from that. Stay mate. away from his multi. Yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Good on you, mate. All Good the luck, best, Ronnie. Good luck. Good on you, mate. Thanks. Yes. Paul Gow coming up shortly. We've got uh, the preseason challenge starting tonight. The Warriors hosting the West Tigers in Auckland. We can bet on these games. Fraught with danger betting on trials. Yeah, don't bet uh, on trials. But, uh, why not? Oh, jeez. There's 20 <laughs> players, 28 players that are going to be a part of the squads. Oh, oh. Anyway, you do what you want with your own money, Mitter. Well, I'm going to very good I'll never point. tell a man what very to do with his money. There you go. Point. But a woman? I'll never tell a woman what to do with the money. Well, I'm going to I take... I need to stop spending. I'm going to take, take Clarkie's West Tigers. Come on, the Tigers. Plus four and a half with Tab. They're $2.40 head-to-head, heading to Mount Smart tonight. The Warriors are $1.58. Uh, so uh, we've got yeah, I love new, it. new coaches. Uh, so much talk. Obviously, we talk at the Tigers a lot mm. with Tim Sheens and Benji Marshall uh, mm. starting their their tenure as coach and assistant. Benji taking over in a couple of years. But Andrew Webster gets his shot there at the Warriors mm. as well, Loz. And uh, you know, I just think with the Warriors, I know they've had some tough years and they've been you know here, there, and everywhere due to COVID, etc. But oh, this club it's lost a bit of relevance. Might sound harsh, but you know it's been an underperforming club for too long. Yeah, yeah, it has. But there's been some circumstances the last couple of years which has made it difficult for them. Look, being away from home, that that's hard. You're not playing in front of your friends, your supporters, family. Uh, there's no such thing as a home game. When you have to travel to New Zealand, it's it's difficult because it takes two days out of your prep. And the Warriors this year will win more games. 
just by the fact that they're at home. And their home record is a lot better than when they play away. I think they've got a bit of depth this year. Um, I'm excited to see how this young Luke Metcalf goes because he was at the Sharks. People say that he's a first-grade player in the, in the waiting, gets his opportunity. So whether he can force his way into the starting 13 or not for round one, we'll find out. But he's been named at six. Tamari Martin has been named at seven for the Warriors tonight. Um, I, I, I look through the Warriors team... And I think there will be improvement. I, th- I think there has to be improvement. You know, new coach, always exciting times. Being back at home, I, I don't think they'll play. No, they won't play finals footy. Nah. But I think they're on the improve. Yeah, I, I guess when I made that comment about relevance, oh, I'm thinking expansion because some people say, oh, we should put another team in New Zealand. No, you've got to make sure that the Warriors are strong. 100%. There's Get no them way dominating. And having success in New Zealand because there's a big market for the Warriors definitely in New Zealand. I, I, I'm telling you, when they are doing well, mm. they will pack out Mount Smart Stadium. And when they play here in Australia, if they're winning games, people benefit off that because there's a lot of Kiwis here in Australia, here in Sydney, and they turn up to their matches. Um, but I'd like to see them do well, but I don't think they'll be playing finals this year. West Tigers, I think they've recruited really well. I'm looking through their squad tonight. There's not a lot of guys that I've seen play before. Um, but this is what trials is all about too, giving younger players an opportunity to push their case forward or put their case forward um, to be there in round one. It's my first NRL bet of the year going to be in a preseason and you're match on, on the, the Tigers. Tigers. <laughs> yes. I probably need my yes, head it, No, uh, yes, it is. Good way to start. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> G'day, Gowie. How are you? Morning, fellas. Yeah, footy's back. How about that? Trials on Fox Sports. How good. We'll be getting stuck in, no doubt, starting tonight. Your uh, Eels up against the Panthers, who've named pretty much nobody for their trial. Uh, Let's talk some golf, though, over at Pebble Beach. We saw Justin Rose win, but how did the celebs go? Anyone stand out? Oh, yeah, well... Aaron Rodgers, he won for the first time, um, and he actually carried the group. He carried his pro, who was a first-timer there, and uh, he uh, he shot ridiculous scores, like one and two over par. Like, he he actually contended, and he, he was saying that he hadn't played much golf at all, but all of a sudden it clicked, and he pretty much scored the whole, you know, the whole three days by himself, and uh, it was quite amazing. So he, uh, he, he loves golf again. It's weird golf. That'll do it to you. Have one good hole, next thing you're a superstar. So Cause he goes all right at a few sports, Aaron Rodgers. Because yeah. I can imagine, Gowie, he, he wouldn't have that much time during the NFL season no to play golf. Well, that's what he said, yeah. he, uh, that, that he has no time to no play. Time. He's busy. He's doing other things. Maybe there's the stuff. answer, Gowie. Less is more. Less is more. Hey, <laughs> hey, that's the thing. Like that is what it is in golf. Everybody overcomplicates it. Yeah. I'm going to give you – I'm going to give all your – Listeners, the best advice for golf, stay off YouTube. It sucks. Yeah, okay. There's so many things that people are telling you. Yeah, Keep it that. simple. <laughs> Less is more. Everybody I teach, um, they come up with a YouTube piece, and I'm like, well, people are on there selling things. They're not, they don't really give a stuff if you get better or not. Yeah. So go to your PGA Pro, get some sort of program together, a 10-week sort of package, and and start at the beginning. If, if a golf coach doesn't start at your at your 
at your address and the first party you take away, walk away because that's uh, you've got to start at the beginning, not the end. Uh, okay, the Victorian Open this week. Uh, who do you like? Yeah, yeah, this is a great event. This is a big event down at 13th Beach. Two golf courses, all a bit confusing for the first two days, but it gets uh, a little easier on the weekend. Four days on Fox Sports this. So, um, yeah, Dimi Papadatis is the you know, defending champion for the men. So this is men and women uh, on the same golf courses, uh, different event. Like, they, they both play for their own crowns here, which is, uh, which is fantastic. Henna Green won this for the women last year. Yeah, good feel for the men, but you know the the fact is a lot of our players are starting to go abroad. So there's a couple of events in Asia this year, obviously the US and the and the European tour. Japan starts back in March, so we're getting the end of uh, a lot of this. But this is where we start to see some of our young players come up. Um, you know that that, that are going to start to shine for the rest of the year, and that will follow throughout their career. And one I've spoken about here, he only turned pro this this year, and. He's got a tour card in on the European tour or on the second tour there. The challenge tour is Hayden Hopewell. He's from WA. He's come out from the same coach as Min Woo Lee. He finished tied eighth last week. He had 74 in the final round. He obviously was a bit nervous, but I reckon that bit of nerves and what he learnt in the final round, that he's that good a player that, um, that, that he's a chance this week. He's only at $15. The tab's got it right this week because he's the informed player. There's a lot of other good players. Nathan... Barbieri, who I tipped last week, he actually finished fifth, and he's on the verge of uh, actually playing a lot better. He's he's playing this week, but I, as a roughy, Elvis Smiley, I just love saying that name. I think it's a <laughs> cracking name for golf, um, and it's Liz Smiley's uh, kid, and he's going really well. He went to Europe last year and and had a bit of a tough time. He went over with a you know after playing really well in his rookie year in, in Australia, but then went up against the big boys and. And was sorted out a little bit. Had a few injuries here and there, but he uh, he's come back really well. He swings the club so beautifully, and and matches the way around the golf course like the old players used to play. He doesn't try to smash the crap out of it like majority of the players do. He sort of manoeuvres his way around the golf course. Very clever player. He's only twenty one bucks, but uh, for the girls, Grace Kim is the standout here. She's off to the LPGA Tour after this uh, after securing a card at the end of last year. Uh, she's only at 12 bucks. The tab's got that right. You know, she is the informed player. Curry Webb's playing. An interesting player in the field is Jay, Jay Shin, who's the former world number one. She's 34 years of age. She's come down here to play. She's won 61 times around the world. She's a cracking player. And, you know, it's good that those players at the end, you know, so she's not at the end of a career, but she's at a, a time of a career, a career that she's not playing everywhere around the world. And she's made the, the trip to 13th Beach. And a girl... I want everyone to take note of this. Kelsey, Kelsey Brown, she's at 20... Uh, sorry, Kelsey Bennett. She's at $26. And she's a young girl from New South Wales. It's just getting better and better and better. She's turned pro and she can play and she's just getting used to it. But uh, I think she's going to be a superstar. I think she'll be on the US Tour, or the LPGA, within a couple of years. So um, keep an eye on that. It's uh, you know This is the time we get to look at our you know, young players and, and follow their careers for the... You know, um, for the rest of the year and the rest of their life. I tell you what, it's a big week and weekend in Phoenix. I mean, you've got the Super Bowl, you've got the Phoenix Open, and that party hole, which a lot of my mates will be at this weekend. Oh, will they? Oh, it's, mm. a, it's an amazing event. Oh, I don't know if I can explain it right, but when you walk into that theatre on that 16th hole, the best advice I got from a player from Brad Hughes, he said, whatever you do, don't acknowledge the crowd because as soon as you make eye contact with them, they're into you, like they're. That they sounds like Ricky so Stewart. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well they, they um, 
they're so educated, and uh, the abuse they throw at you is outrageous. <laughs> like, you're an idiot, go home, gal, you've got no game, Parramatta sucks. It's unbelievable <laughs> what they've got, and it's fantastic. All the players love it. Any player that doesn't should be just doing something else because it's great fun. And you actually get, you're going along in your round, and you're not nervous. You've been a bit nervous at first, so you get stuck in your round, and that's your 16th hole. All of a sudden, when you're walking through that tunnel, your heart starts to beat. You're like, and the shot's only like 120 metres. Yeah. You're hitting a nine-nine. What do they hold there, yeah? How many people? About 25,000 on oh. that hole. Yeah. And, and this year, there's been a bit of a change. Is that last year, uh, um, Sam Ryder had a hole in one. First time in about seven years. And the place erupted. There was beer cans. It took him about 35 minutes to clean up just the tea to get rid of all the cans and the beer. And it was like a beer shower. So this year, uh, no cans. It's all out of out of plastic cups. And there's police, you know, monitoring, going through, and security going through all the all the seats and that sort of stuff if it happens again. So uh, it's a great place. It really is. It erupts. It's actually a party. So off the golf course, and especially Super Bowl week, there's a – there's a, an area, a big spare block of land across the road, and it's called the Crow's Nest. And on the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday and Friday nights, there could be anything from 2,500 people in that to about 5,000 people, and it's the place to be. But, you know, they've got a bit of a radar. It's only for good-looking people, so I struggled to get in there. <laughs> it, was, it was the place to be. It was quite amazing. So it's a, it's a party week there. Um, the players, they love it. Um, you know, there's a lot of atmosphere from day one. The good good field this week. This is one of the first. Well, this is the first elevated event. They're playing for 20 million this week. There's only 10 elevated events. This is the start of it. Uh, plenty to play for. Uh, Fleetwood's back over in the US. Yeah, you know, got Spieth and Ram, who's already won this year. Cantlay has come close here. Only two Aussies in the field, which is interesting. It's only Herbert and Day. So that means more of the top players have entered. So a lot of the, our players, like a Harrison Endicott and all that sort of stuff, they're not exempt into this event. When they go down the list, he, he's not high enough up the rankings to get there. I'm going with Justin Thomas this week at 17 bucks, and going a little bit wide with uh, Brian Harmon, the left-hander that looks like Ricky Ponting. He's at 81 bucks. Uh, he loves it around here. He's got no pulse. He's actually just he's he's just rides along, left-hander hits the ball well, just. It just plays well for some reason. That's what happens at golf. You play well around certain golf courses, and he plays well around here. So, um, cracking week. This is the one of the weeks you, you tune in on that 16th hole because it's so much fun. Uh, what's happened to Ryan Ruffles, Gowie? Yeah, this is a guy I've been mentioning on this show since about 15 or 16. This was going to be he was going to be the next world beater. And um, interesting enough, he's playing at 13th Beach. First time he's played in Australia for a long time, but the last three or four years have been a real struggle for him. He came out with a lot of fanfare. Nike signed him for a lot of money. Big companies got on board when he was 18. He turned pro. He didn't go to college. He had a lot of um, a lot of inquiries from a lot of the big colleges around uh, the US, and he didn't he he didn't go with that that format. Uh, you know, that's that's the way I'd you know want players to go these days because we're getting a lot of players out there. He went and turned pro straight away. Signed with a big management company. Got a bunch of invites to the US tour. Missed all the cuts, played terrible, and lost his game. And um, he's now on his way back. He's been down to the worst, worst place of all time. You know, he's had some mental health issues. He's had to actually some injuries. But now he's back playing. So 
thank God, he's a really good player, but he's gone through golf coaches. He's gone. He's a bit like Lydia Coe, but without winning. He's been through coaches and caddies and you name it. Um, but now he's 24 years of age. He's sort of grown up a bit and thought, well, I'll take responsibility of this. And he's playing this week. So tune in and take a look at him. He is, he's a really good player. He's, his mum was a top 20 tennis player in the world. His dad is, is um, he was a Davis Cup captain there for a lot. Ray Ruffles was a captain of uh, the Davis Cup for a lot of years. His sister's now a pro playing in Europe, Gabby Ruffles. You know, they're a, they're a sporting family, but this kid had it all at the age of 15. Everybody wanted him, and um, it didn't turn out to be. So this is his second chance, uh, and golf does that to you. You're allowed, you can play as long as you want, really, and, you know, at 24, he's still got plenty of time to go. So keep an eye on him. We'll see where he goes. How's the golf show going on Fox Sports, and who you been playing with recently? Yeah, no, we're just about to start filming, actually, Loz, and uh, we've got a couple of new shows. We've just renamed the shows. Last year, they were called Your your golf show it's now called how good is golf and uh getting around in with paul gow so and we've got two more shows that we're we're working on so uh it'll all come in uh, at the end of april it'll all be aired on fox sports so i can't wait i've got a got a cast of thousands that uh that, uh, that we've got in line so um um just got to get out there and just trying to lose a bit of tub after being on uh, holidays it was geez, i look, look like got, i swallowed a sheep you've got nothing to lose gowie you're like clarky oh, you got nothing oh. Oh, no, i got plenty. But anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, time in the gym. But, uh, yeah, it should be a big season. Good on you, Gowie. Thanks so much. Thanks, fellas. Just barely over a couple of weeks until the big sports breakfast lunch. Got to get your tickets. Friday, Feb 24 at the Wink Stand there at Royal Ramwick. Graham Arnold locked in. More to be locked in. Uh, we'll have more announcements there. But it's a great afternoon. Just go to the ATC's website. Uh, head to australianturfclub.com.au, australianturfclub.com.au to get your seat for the big lunch, the big sports breakfast lunch in a couple of weeks. Uh, Gowie just before mentioned Aaron Rodgers and his performance there at the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Well, uh, Aaron Rodgers, different egg, the Green Bay Packers quarterback, superstar, obviously. But uh, he's revealed in the last 24 hours that uh, after the Super Bowl, he's off for a four-day darkness retreat. So he's going to be in isolation in a little house by himself four days in the dark. And the 39-year-old hoping that that isolation will help him contemplate his future. And he's still under contract at Green Bay, but you get you the eat? feeling he wants mm. out. How do you eat? I, and a lot of questions. <laughs> There's a lot of questions. Um, but yeah, he said, he said, quote, I've had a number of friends who've done it and they've had profound experiences Okay, and expects to well, make Don't knock it till you try it, I reckon. Well, that's it. I Hello, mean. darkness, my old friend. Song. Mm. Um, not sure I could do that. something that I wouldn't be no. doing. No, I don't think I could do that either. I don't, mind, I, don't mind, I don't mind the old go away for a few days and have some no people time. Yeah. Find a farm or yeah, that's something yeah, no, just that, to get away from the yeah. world. I don't, I don't mind Darkness. That. Yeah, I'm not sure about the... How are you cooking? He's going to sit in a little house by himself for right. four days Just and nights. With, with no... Will he have a fire? No. Darkness. Just darkness. Yep. It's a darkness retreat. He must have some deep what, what part is the retreat bit? <laughs> What's the retreat bit? <laughs> look, let's look Where's, this up. Where is retreat? <laughs> I, don't, I don't hear any treat there. I don't know. There. He's a, you know, he's a... But we're all different, you know. We're That's all what different. we have worked That's exactly out. Exactly right. We are all different. So, yep. If mm. it works, good luck. Because good for luck him, with. it's either 
retire, which he won't do because he's got millions still owing on yeah. his contract, or stay at Green Bay or demand a trade. So uh, he the hopes darkness that, can answer uh, it for him. Mm, the darkness. 